Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen and you're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. So in today's episode, I want to talk to you not so much about a classification, but another classic article um, and an actual um, diagnosis in etiology that's not as commonly seen anymore, but something that I think still is very important to know and understand, both historically and due to the fact that you may actually see this. And what we're going to talk about today is patellar clunk. Um, So patellar clunk was actually first described by Hozak um, in CORE in 1989. Um, And there's been a number of articles since then, their initial um, early experience with arthroscopic treatment. And then another article, um, which I'm kind of referring to in this talk, this was also published in CORE in 1994 um, by Dr. John Byte, along with Hozak and Dr. Booth. Um, So this article um, looked at their more long-term results uh, treating patellar clunk. So what is patellar clunk? So patellar clunk is a peripatellar uh, fibrous hyperplasia within the suprapatellar area and this suprapatellar nodule that would get stuck in the intercondylar notch as patients with total knee replacements would go into flexion. And then as the patient would then try to extend their knee, uh, this fibrous nodule would then get stuck and then it would pop clunk. Most commonly, it was painful as the patient went from deep flexion into extension. Um, and, you know, this is something that they saw early on and designs have been changed and altered since then. So in this longer term study, what they looked at was uh, they had close to 1,500 posterior stabilized designs. These were all prior to 1989. And um, although they didn't specifically mention it um, in the article, this first generation, which I believe was the uh, the original Zimmer um, IB2 or Insol Birdstein um, one knee was the the prior one, and then they had one that they talked about second generation in this study that did develop patellar clunk, and I believe that was the IB2. You know, since then there's been a number of changes um, in their total knee um, lineup, but what I believe that they're referring to is the original IB1, um, which was the first generation of that design. So. They found in their study of almost 1,500 patients that they had 20 patellar clunks in 19 patients. Um, the majority of these patients were female, average age 68, follow-up average uh, three and a half years, common diagnoses, OARA, osteonecrosis. So, you know, just kind of for completeness sake. Um, but again, what they found was that um, there was this peripatellar fibrous hyperplasia um, above the patella in this suprapatellar area, and then these patients would get stuck as they went into deep flexion. This is typically a clinical diagnosis. So, you know, this is something that you examine them and rarely were there radiographic findings. And what they thought was that the first generation of this design um, had a sharp anterior edge at the most superior aspect of the intercondylar notch on the femoral component. And that may have, in some cases, had some bearing on creating some type of irritation um, that led to this fibrous hyperplasia that then would get stuck as it came over. And this was changed slightly um, in the second generation, and many designs and many um, systems and many companies since then um, has changed. So the importance you know, of this 
discussion um, is understanding, because you may never see this, but you may see this and understanding what their recommended treatment protocol for patients that did develop this patellar clunk syndrome was. So what they found was if somebody had it, there was always a recommended brief period of non-operative treatment, um, quadricep strengthening, possibly an injection, um, but they found those results were disappointing. So second step, arthroscopic debridement. So arthroscopic debridement, they recommended, is the preferred treatment for patellar clunk when there were no radiographic component abnormalities. So if everything on x-ray looked good, this is a painful clinical diagnosis, those patients typically did well with arthroscopic debridement of that nodule. Their third treatment option was arthrotomy and nodular removal if they had a recurrent clunk from a failed arthroscopic um, debridement or radiographically you noted malpositioned or loose prosthetic components. They did find that in some of their cases, they noticed actually a superior overhang of the patella button above um, the actual patellar bone stock, which may have been a cause. But obviously, if you see other radiographic abnormalities, you know you want to address those radio, um, with an open procedure as well. Um, so again, patellar clunk, uh, first described by Hozak, 1989, um, felt to be secondary to implant design. Um, Conservative treatment rarely worked. Arthroscopic treatment was typically um, a good outcome if there were no radiographic abnormalities with the implants. And if somebody failed arthroscopic treatment or there were other radiographic abnormalities that needed more of an open uh, procedure for revision, then that was their preferred treatment of choice at that time. So again, patellar clunk, just keep it in the wheelhouse, something that you may see, but I think with a lot of the common designs that we have now, um, this is something that is going to be very infrequently seen in total knee patients postoperatively. So once again, thanks for listening. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Until next time, stay safe. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.